Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, everyone? Good morning and welcome to Shaw Local Bears Insider Podcast. I am Kyle Neighbors along with Sean Hammond here with you after taking a couple weeks off, getting reset. Um, you know, Sean, it's the season is fun and it was a much more entertaining season uh, than you would expect for a three win team, but needed a couple weeks to, to kind of get reset and, and, and start getting our offseason planned in place here. Um, you know, what's, what's been going on in your neck of the woods, man? Yeah. Well, you know, it's been a, a lot of rewatching, uh, uh, the film on, on what happened in 2022 and as painful as that might be in, in some areas and, um, sort of evaluating what the bears really need and, and looking to see what's out there. You know, I think we're just at the beginning of that process. You know, those of us who, who cover the team in the season, uh, I know there's the, the folks who follow the draft all year long, but, um, you know, we're kind of just beginning that process here these last few weeks. The senior bowl has been on this week. It's been uh, uh, fun to pay attention to what's going on down there. And yeah, it's an, an exciting time of year, I think, for, for everybody across the league. And especially if you're the Bears with, with all these draft picks and, and obviously the number one pick. Yeah, uh, the senior bowl uh, game taking place tomorrow. We are recording this on Friday morning, February 3rd. Uh, if you're watching this live, of course, you know what day it is, but um yeah, the, the Senior Bowl taking place, I believe, at 1.30 Central Time on the NFL Network. Uh, we just dropped this morning 10 players to keep an eye on in terms of context for, you know, guys that could end up on the Bears' radar here in a couple months when we're looking at the NFL draft, uh, Sean. Uh, but, yeah, make sure you go to shawlocal.com to find that. You can follow Sean on Twitter at Sean underscore Hammond. You can follow myself on Twitter at Kyle Neighbors. And, again, all of our content at shawlocal.com. Sean, um, you know, when you look at – when you start looking through this roster, and that's what I kind of spent the last week trying to figure out where the Bears are at, um, you know, my my first instinct – and I don't think this is going to be a surprise to anyone, but if there, are, there, if there are two positions that I feel strongly that the Bears need to address, whether that's through draft tr- – through the draft, through free agency, or th- via trade – um, to improve most rapidly, to me, it's 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 pass rusher and wide receiver. Yeah, no, I'm I'm 100 with you, uh, uh, particularly with the pass rusher. I mean, we know that this Bears team, you know, 20 sacks last year, dead last. The Eagles had 70 
uh, to lead the league. So that's, I mean, that's a heck of a difference between number one and number 32. Um, they need to get to the quarterback more. And no, anybody who watched the Bears is, is not surprised in hearing that. You know, that was, there were so many times where, where you know, y- you can't create any pressure up front. And that obviously puts strain on your secondary, on your linebackers. Those cornerbacks got to, got to, you know, cover those those wide receivers for that much longer when when you can't get any pressure up there and and, and yeah that's got to be an area where the bears address uh honestly i think they should do it both in free agency and in the draft you can't you can't get enough good guys at, at a position like that when you're you're essentially starting with with almost nothing i mean it, they were the worst pass rush team in the league and uh you know you might like uh, some of the guys and you might uh, see potential in, in a Dominique Robinson in a Travis Gibson who did have seven sacks a year ago, but they just didn't get it done this year. And, and so, you know, you got to bring in more guys at that spot. I, I feel like, you know, I know Ryan Poles said at the end of the year that just because he has all this cap space doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to be a spending spree per se. But I think if there's one spot where the bears are going to be okay, paying a top dollar for a guy it's going to be at that pass rusher spot yeah i agree with you i think that is an area that they're with the incredible amount of money that they have going into this offseason um if there's one spot where they they overpay i do think pass rusher would be that spot and that's not to say i i know we got people popping into the chat already um, Gary checking in, uh, saying, I need my fix getting through work. Happy to have us back. Yeah. It's, it's good to be back with you. Um, you yeah, know, sorry Gary, about the break guys. We, uh, we needed a couple of weeks there. After yeah. The season. Yeah. Gary said three tech and O line, uh, CJ Williams checking in with saying Olin, Olin Cruz referring to Olin Cruz would argue best teams are made through the lines. Um, you know, when, when we're talking about, uh, you know, pass rush, when we're Matt Eberflus's defense, we are talking about the, the edge rushers, the, the defensive line at least. And, you know, I, it was funny. So hub hub will be joining us here on the podcast throughout the spring. We're kind of in that ramp up process. If you guys ha- didn't see hub on the show a couple of weeks ago, go back and watch that. It was great having him on. He will be back more regularly. Like I said, bit of a ramp up process, but I was messaging back and forth with him earlier this week. And we were talking about story ideas and I, I wanted to get his input on Roquan Smith and the trade that went down while hub was a uh, hub was off of work. And it was, and I started looking at it and, you know, the, the, the Ravens end up giving Roquan Smith that extension, I believe it was five years, a hundred million dollars. Um, you know, and you look at the fact like Jack Sanborn um, before the injury had really stepped into that role after the trade and, 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 you know, exceeded expectations. Nicholas Morrow, um, free agent signing, I thought played pretty well this year. You look at the secondary, the young guys back there, I thought, you know, they, you know, Kyler Gordon had some struggles, but overall I thought was pretty good this year. I actually thought, you know, the back part of the, the defense played pretty well, Sean. To me, it's just you look at it and it's this lack of pass rush. It, it's They are so far away up front on defense that it makes it a little more difficult to evaluate what else they actually need when it comes to the defensive side of the football. Yeah, obviously, when you're the worst, uh, you, you're the worst defense in the league, you know, and, and by points per game, they were the worst defense in the league this year. I think they were 29th in, in yards per game. Uh, there's plenty of blame to go around, you know, both both up front and on the backside. But I, I agree with you. I mean, uh, you know, I know Kyler Gordon had a, had a slow start to the season. And, and sure, you can pick, 
You know, you can watch any game and see some guys in that secondary making mistakes, but I do think they have some pieces back there that are promising and, and um, that you can build off of. And, and uh, you know, outside of when they were really banged up late in the year in December, you know, I kind of throw that out. You know, Eddie Jackson was gone and yeah, uh, some guys were in and out. But when they had their full group healthy, I did think that that secondary – uh, played really well and 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 could have uh, uh, you know is is a promising group to watch and and I agree that the the lack of production up front uh, on that defensive line really you know it's kind of a domino effect with the entire defense and it it puts pressure on on the guys behind them to to do their jobs for longer. Um, I thought that secondary was playing really well, especially like. Up until like when Kyler Gordon uh, had his concussion in Atlanta, I thought those those couple games there, uh, it, you know, late October, early November, I thought those guys were playing really well back there. Yeah, I I thought the the secondary was really coming along. Uh, Gary, uh, following up about my Roquan said, "Let's move on from Roquan. It's <laughs> over and done, done with." So like it's it's not about the trade, Gary. That's not what I'm saying. It's it's more about the fact that. That Roquan, while maybe he wasn't playing to the level where you felt comfortable that the Bears needed to pay him, uh, like I don't really regret that trade. I don't think Bears fans should regret the trade. What I'm getting at, though, is like he was playing well. Like you noticed him in the defense, and then you noticed Jack Sanborn when Jack Sanborn took over that role. I bring it up because what I'm trying to say is just because the Bears have a lot of money. Like they still have to prioritize what they need this off season and where they want to invest because just throwing a ton of money at every position or kind of, you know, trying to, I guess what I'm trying to say is you shouldn't overspend. Like, you know, like I, I think this needs to be targeted, Sean, right? Yeah. Oh, and I think it will be targeted. And, and especially if, you know, if you look at, at what Ryan Poles has, you know, you look at his, his, uh, the hand he's been dealt or, or whatever you want to say, uh, you know, he's got the nine draft picks. If you, if you trade back in that number one spot, which, you know, there's a lot of talk about that being a p- possibility uh, in the draft come draft day or, or before then, you know, you might see this bears team wind up with, with 11 or 12 selections in this draft. And and yeah, you're talking about like bringing in a whole bunch of new guys, uh, a bunch of rookies that, you know, some are going to have, have uh, uh, better resumes than others, and, and you're going to be excited about uh, different levels. But I don't necessarily think that they need to go out and spend at every single position, or or that that's really what what Ryan Poles is, is going to want to do. We, I know last year was kind of a, a weird year because they obviously weren't really trying to win, and that's a big reason why they didn't spend uh, in in his first uh, free agency as a GM. Uh, but I don't think all that much. Uh, changes. I do think that they'll they'll look to to add at a couple of key spots. I really think that defensive line is is one of them. Um, you mentioned receiver earlier. I don't necessarily think uh, they're going to address that uh, in a big way in free agency, just because the the market is is a little weird this year as far as who's available in free agency. Uh, but they'll certainly bring somebody in. You know, you could see them bring a, a, a smaller. Uh, uh, you know, on a smaller contract, not a smaller receiver, but a smaller contract type guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, they they are going to be really targeted about where they want to spend their money because, you know, these things really affect year after year when you spend these big contracts. You know, there, there's he's starting, Ryan Poles is starting with a blank slate right now. And um, he has to be cautious uh, so that he can can set himself up uh, well in, into these future years here. 
Yeah, you don't want to. I'm trying to think of a good example of a team. A team that we expect to be ascending that overspent early and maybe, you know, overextended itself and got itself into a position where it couldn't get out of. Um, nothing coming to mind right offhand here. Uh, I have to think about that. But uh, we're going to spend some time on wide receiver and on the offensive side of the ball. But before we switch over to that, CJ had followed it up with uh, – sorry – uh, CJ had followed it up here with uh, Sanborn Ascension. Let me know that anyone could be decent at linebacker with good bodies in mm-hmm. front of them. That's kind of what I'm getting at. I wouldn't say anyone, um, but I think what we saw was that Matt Eberflus's system is in good enough shape that maybe the Bears don't need to spend top dollar at the linebacker position, and that will allow them to focus on those lines and wide receiver, as we were saying. And, and Sean... You were, as you mentioned there, um, you're absolutely right when it comes to wide receiver and free agency. I think most lists that you've seen around has Juju Smith-Schuster as the top-rated wide receiver in this free agent class. And listen, like Juju Smith-Schuster is a fine player, um, but he is not the type of receiver that I think that you would want to be spending you know, a multi-year deal on, particularly for what the Bears need at the wide receiver position. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I don't necessarily see for what they have on their roster right now and what they think that Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool could be. I don't see a reason why you would spend a ton of money on any one particular receiver this offseason. Yes, certainly, you know, we saw what happened with the receiver market last offseason. It went crazy and you got um, all kinds of guys making money. Somebody is going to pay Juju Smith-Schuster uh, a bunch of money and give him a multi-year deal. But I don't think that the Bears should necessarily be be uh, one of those teams that's looking to do that, whether it's Juju Smith-Schuster, whether it's Jacoby Myers, Darius Slayton, DJ Chark, any of those guys. Um, you know, you're going to see Ryan Poles be a little bit cautious because they're really they really want Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool to be the, the top two options at this receiver spot, you know, uh, maybe you bring in another guy through the draft and, and hope that he could ascend to that level. Um, but I don't know that, that with the investment they already, the, they already paid to bring in chase Claypool. I don't know that they're going to necessarily spend a ton at that receiver spot. That's I, I get what you're saying. That's concerning to me though, because like there was, we did not see enough from chase Claypool to, feel comfortable with the bears or the bears are at. And this is really where it's, it, we start getting into more of a, a gray area when it comes to Ryan poles and mm-hmm. not really knowing what the bears front office is at this point, because you need to have, there's reasons to have faith in Ryan poles in the front office, but I think hub put it a, a, a pretty well a couple weeks ago like he feels better Hop talked about feeling better about this coaching staff than the front office currently after this first year and i think i'm in the same boat because like we, we look at wide receiver and there aren't any of these big name guys but like i i i don't want them to be able to default to saying well we brought already brought in chase claypool you did and it there were not good results out of that and like you look at the wide receivers, guys that he brought in, uh, Ryan Poles brought in on one-year contracts, Equinemia and St. Brown, who the Bears have already re-signed to a one-year deal. But like, you know, good blocker, but not a guy that's going to be catching the ball very much. Byron Pringle didn't work out. Dante Pettis didn't work out. They made the trade for Nikhil Harry. That didn't work out. Like, 
you know, I know these are guys that were flyers, but at, at this point, there isn't a, anything that points to me thinking Ryan Poles can figure out the wide receiver position. Again, it's only one year, and this wasn't a year. This was kind of a throwaway year, but when there's not an obvious answer going into this this free agent class, I think that kind of complicates things for me a little bit more. Yeah, um, I, I mean, it, it does complicate things. I just don't want to see them spend money uh, in a way that that is gonna that they're gonna regret. Um, you know, I think they're much more likely to use a, a, a second, a third round draft pick on on a receiver. I, I don't think they're just gonna stick with the guys they have and, and roll it back again. I don't think they can do that. Um, I would just be surprised based on everything we've seen with Ryan Poles and the way he approached free agency last year. And um, I would be be surprised if they spend big. Now, I, I do think they're going to bring – they got to bring in somebody. You know, they're, they're going to have to replace the, the Byron Pringles and the Nikhil Harrys of, of uh, the 2022 Bears with somebody. Um, I just don't know if that's going to be a, a, a big-time free agent. Yeah, I don't think they're going to I mean they might they might have depth uh via free agency for at mm-hmm. the wide receiver position but I you're right. I don't think it's, you know, there's not going to be any splash names, I don't think. There's just not a reason to spend in the free agent market uh at the top of it at least. Yeah, and, and I really do think I know uh some fans have gotten frustrated uh but I really do think that they believe in in Chase Claypool and and want to see more and think that he can produce more than, than what he showed, uh, you know, in November and December with the bears. Uh, I know that doesn't excite people. Um, but you know, I think you give him a, a full off season with Justin Fields and, and it's gonna, it's gotta look a lot better than it did uh, at the end of last year. I mean, I've been a, a big chase Claypool guy for years. I, I don't, anyone who's listened to this podcast certainly knows that, I just don't think there was enough. You didn't see enough last year um, to feel comfortable, particularly and like they were really banged up at the end of the year. But like when Darnell Mooney went out and there was not a noticeable bump in the the target share, the the involvement of Chase Claypool, that's really concerning to me. Um, but yeah, so, so we got uh, Steve uh, Snezik here checking in said talk talk about the balance that polls needs to strike between convincing fields he's the guy and convincing the world that they're interested in a quarterback at number one in order to raise draft interest and there's a lot to get into there Mm -hmm. sean and i think the first thing that i'll say is i don't think ryan polls needs to do that in order to raise interest in the number one pick I don't necessarily think he does either. I think it comes down to, I mean, it, it comes down to whether these other, you know, how badly do these other teams want want one of these quarterbacks? Um, you know, regardless of what the Bears want, or or what, regardless of what they think the Bears are going to do, um, you know, you you are sitting in a good position with with Houston at number two. Uh, who very clearly needs a quarterback. Uh, you know, I don't know if they're going to ultimately draft one, but th- they could certainly use one. Um, and, and that's going to put you in a good position uh, for, for any team that's that's going to want a quarterback. You know, the, the question is, you know, how badly are these teams going to want a quarterback? Are they wanna, going to want to spend what it's going to take to jump Houston in that situation? Yes, someone will, because at the at the end of the day, we can, and this is what's funny, like we we can go through this time and time again. Um, but at the end of the day, teams 
we give way too much credit to front offices and ownership sometimes. And like the, the vast majority of teams are competent front offices and competent ownership, but there's always going to be a nice little rotating cast of just dumbasses. There's not really any other way I can put it. Like there's always going to be a couple teams that have decided this is the time that they need to make their move, right? This is a quarterback there. There's going to be owner an owner that decides, listen, I can't have this team being this bad. I want us to go out and get that quarterback. And you look at it, there are eight to 10 teams right now that legit need quarterbacks. There's just no chance in the world that not there's, there's not going to be any of them that are dumb enough to come up and make that trade. Even though I don't really think there's a quarterback that, that is a surefire guy that deserves to go at number one. Someone is going to convince themselves that they need to make that trade though. Uh, yeah. You know, you got a phone line for Jim Ursay. Uh, you got a phone line for, for Mark Davis. I mean, those two guys come to mind as soon as you say that, Kyle, I mean, they're the type of guys who are uh, in some ways uh, make these impulsive decisions. And, and, you know, you see the Colts have been, have been so conservative with, with the quarterback spot and not wanting to take a chance. And, and obviously uh, it seems like that's about to change uh, with, from everything we've heard that's going on in Indianapolis, who, by the way, is still interviewing coaching candidates. I don't know how long that's that's going to drag on for, but uh, um, it's been a weird situation there in Indy. It absolutely has. I mean, Indy, who was the other team you said there? Uh, the, the Raiders. The, I mean, yeah, the Raiders, Washington, um, you know, Houston, obviously picking at number two, but I wouldn't be surprised if they get worried that another team could come up at number one. They've made it very obvious that they're, they're very, very interested in and finding their quarterback of the future after the weird disaster that was that season down there in Houston. Um, Alan checking in here with Kyle. There's always, there always (laughs) is a sucker at the poker table. That's exactly what I'm saying here. And really when we start to look at it here, like I'm starting to wonder, like, just how, I guess the thing here is, the the question I have here is, do we have a situation where the Bears could end up with two first-round picks this year? That's where I think is the most intriguing thing to me. I fully expect them to trade down out of that first spot. I'd be absolutely shocked if they picked that number one overall. The question is, is there a scenario where they end up with two first round picks this year? Um, And is it, would that be worth it? But I think the bears, when you look at free agency, the way things up, we talked about there, there are not a lot of top tier free agent guys where I think the bears should be spending a lot of this, this, this draft, or I'm sorry, not draft capital. A lot of this cash space. Like I'd much rather see them be aggressive in the draft and try and find these potential high upside players that could have a, a pretty immediate impact than maybe overspend free agency, Sean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, just, just to follow up on what you were saying about uh, teams with multiple ones. I mean, uh, obviously Houston is like the perfect scenario because they're sitting there with, with number two and number 12, but that's, that that would be amazing. Uh, well, if so I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that like, yeah, I mean, that would be incredible. Like if, if someone, if someone was able to do that, that, I mean, if someone was dumb enough to what I think is a more likely scenario, though, is like the bear, let's say like the bears trade down to like number seven. I, I'm not even yeah. looking at a chart here, but what I see is a more likely scenario is like, then the bears trade back into like 
the later part of the, the first round, like maybe into the like you know, trade the back twice is what you're saying. No, no, no. Like I, I'm saying like maybe oh, trade down and trade up. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, I see yeah. what you're saying. Like, yeah, you maybe you end up at number seven and then you come back up to like number 23, number 24, because there is that wide receiver or offensive tackle or someone there that you think is that has well, fallen that's a little certainly, bit. That's certainly a possibility if, you know, if you trade, yeah, if you trade back to seven and then you, let's say you wind up getting a, a higher second round pick. I mean, that's certainly ammunition if you want to jump back up there uh, uh, from that situation. Yeah. I mean, I would like to see them be aggressive and, and, you know, if, if, Ryan Poles has conviction for for some of these guys and, and wants to 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 do that. I certainly think that that's you know he wants to build through the draft and certainly he's going to to have guys that he likes and uh, the Bears have a really good they're they're sitting in a really great situation. No matter what comes of that number one pick, uh, you know, no matter what kind of trade scenarios come about, they're going to have an opportunity to make this team a lot better through the draft. Mike Johnson checking in. Mike, good to see you, man. Uh, so, yeah, kind of following up what you were saying there, uh, Sean, with might swap number one and two with mm-hmm. Texan plus the number 12 this year for our first rounder next year. Something like that might be able to get it done where you get that number two and number 12 pick if you give up the first rounder next year, Sean. Okay, yeah, something like that. Um, other teams, uh, the Lions also have two picks. Uh, the Jets, I believe, have two picks. Seattle, Allen, Allen checking in here. Seattle. Seattle has two first round picks. Maybe they want to move on from Geno Smith. Seattle's a really, Seattle's a really intriguing team overall to me, Sean, because they are at a point where they performed better than I expected with Geno Smith, mm-hmm. but like there's a lot of questions with the core of that group and where that team is headed. I don't know what they're going to do there. Um, that certainly, uh, is something that, uh, I could see, I, I shouldn't say see happening. I, 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 I don't know what Seattle's going to do, I guess. I really don't when I think, I about don't know it. because, because, um, yeah, I mean, Geno Smith has earned, uh, a, a big pay raise and that's, that's going to complicate the situation. Um, I don't think anybody up there expected him to play as well as he did this season. Uh, so, so what do you do with that? You know, like, do you, do you stick, stick with him for another couple of years? Uh, because I, I don't think he's going to, you know, he's going to sign a, a multi-year deal, uh, with somebody, whether that's two or three years or something like that. Um, you know, I don't think that he, he shouldn't, you know, he doesn't have to settle for a one-year contract. Um, and so what do you do if you're Seattle? Do you, do you, say thanks for this great year let's move on and, and try to find somebody in the draft or, or do you pony up the money and and keep him here for another couple seasons yeah that's i like what geno smith did this year i think it was for real it would be hard for me to pay geno smith and i go back to i think it's because it's a seattle thing um but like I remember, was it? I think it might have been through Trey that I ended up getting him and then paying. Was it Matt Flynn? You remember Matt Flynn? Yeah. Packers. Um, like Matt Flynn had those few good game with Green Bay, and then I think Seattle traded for him and paid him, if I remember right. Um, and I just that I, I I'd be so cautious to paying Geno Smith. I don't know. Yeah, I would be too. And and maybe it's a it's a three year deal that's really a two year deal you know, that, that they could get out of after that first year or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's not a young quarterback. I know he, he sort of came out of nowhere, but he's been around the block and um, you know, I, I, it's really impressive what he did this year, but uh, I would have a hard time, you know, paying him as well. I think that's a, that's a tough, 
That's that's a really head scratching situation there with their quarterback spot. Uh, I don't believe this is the real Ian Rappaport checking in, but I will throw this <laughs> up here because I, I find the comment interesting. Uh, guy, uh, But guys, trading down twice gets you more picks, sure, but it's what you do with the picks. Poles has to prove he can build this team through the draft. I mean, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of what we're getting at. Why we're we're talking about it, though. Like, we the, the jury is still out on Ryan Poles. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's it's the first year in. I mean, we could. That's all you can really say about it. Like, he's got to prove himself still, right, Sean? You can trade all you want. You can you can wind up with fifteen draft picks. So, you know, if they all suck, uh, no one's going to be happy. Um, so yeah, we we need to see we need to see more. And and you know, there were hits and misses in his first draft class. I think. Most Bears fans are, are relatively happy with Jaquan Brisker and, and Kyler Gordon. Uh, Valus Jones at, at the in the third round, 71st overall. Uh, you know, that not so much. You gotta gotta see gotta see more out of that uh, in 2023. And um, you know, once you start getting into the lower rounds, the fifth, sixth, seventh round, I mean, that's kind of a crapshoot. Um, I think every every GM is gonna have some some diamonds in the rough and, and also some duds in that area. Overall, with the ammo that Ryan Poles had in his first draft, I actually think he performed slightly above average. I don't think it was an incredible class by any means, but considering where they were, um, I actually think he did a, 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 a an okay job. You got to look at it in context. I think we've we've talked about it enough over the over the course mm-hmm. of the season that I felt that there was a better way to address it than than the secondary. But he did get two quality starters right off the top there. So I, I can't hold it against them too much, Sean. Yeah, you got two starters there. You found a starting left tackle in the fifth round. I mean, that is another win. So, uh, yeah. you know, given, especially when he took over that job and, and Khalil Mack was on the roster, I think they had five draft picks. Uh, so, you know, he turned that into, what, like 10, 11 players and, and a couple of starters. Um, you know, I think that was that was a fine job. But, yeah, I mean, this is the draft where we're really going to have to uh, – you're really going to start to to judge Ryan Poles with with a you know not not like um, you know a finished product per se, but you're going to have a, a lot better idea of what you think of him after this draft. Obviously, yeah. it takes years on these guys to really know. Yeah, I, I mean the the thing is, we're going to jump to conclusions. We we're know going to that. jump to like, conclusions anyway. Sure, and that that's what's fun about it. And sometimes uh, I cringe because I go back and I look at some of my old takes, and I'm like, man, was I dumb? Um, but yeah, we're going to get into free agency a little more than a month from now, and then about five weeks after that, we get to the NFL draft, and by May, what May fifth, May sixth, we're going to have a lot better idea of what this roster is going to look like for 2023, um, and. I'm really looking forward to that because I do think that this is really, this is a huge off season over for the next four to five years of this franchise, Sean. And and quickly before we move on, I want to make sure and get a word in for our sponsor here for the Bears Insider Podcast. Marengo Guns, always buying, always paying top dollar for your guns, ammo, and military items. Come see the experts at Marengo Guns. Open 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. seven days a week. And Sean, uh, CJ had checked in here with six to eleven picks, referring to uh, the trades last year in the draft by Ryan Poles. Could Poles pull off a similar move this year? Sean, do you think the Bears could stock up on on picks this year? Well, I don't think you know they have nine right now. So uh, you know, if they want to bring in eleven, twelve, thirteen guys, they don't really have to. You know, you can you can do that with with one or two deals. If you're talking about trading the first overall pick. 
you're probably going to get three picks for that. Um, and so right there, yeah, you're looking at, uh, you know, something in that 11, 12 range. I, I certainly think that they can do that. And, and uh, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be as busy a day as, as we saw last year on day three, when, when Ryan Poles traded down, like, I don't even remember what it was three separate times uh, to acquire those 11 picks. Uh, I remember walking into Hellas Hall thinking that it would be a relatively uh, quick, easy day. And then all <laughs> of a sudden they have like eight picks. I'm like, what just happened? I'm going to be here all day. Which, I, yeah, you know, I, it's, uh, that's, that's a personal problem. Not, not that that really matters, but um, yeah, that, that certainly makes it fun. And, and I do think that they could, they could wind up with quite a haul, uh, particularly if they trade that number one overall pick. Yeah. So you, you make a good point there. Just trading that number one pick does take you up to about, probably about 11 where they were last year. Um, Outside of trading more than that, I'll be completely honest with you, CJ. I have not gotten far enough into my draft prep to know. Like last year was an incredibly deep draft. Um, a lot of that had to do with the pandemic and the way things. There was a glut of players coming out, essentially. That made it a really deep draft. I haven't done nearly enough research to know what we're looking at in terms of those late round guys. It, it, it was worth trading back last year because of those, that scenario. I don't know if that's going to be the case again this year, uh, Sean. Yeah. I mean, there's always going to be some, some guys uh, in those lower rounds who, who uh, perform above what, what they were expected to, but, but you're right. I mean, you had the, the pandemic year. There were so many guys who took that fifth year uh, in college and, uh, things were weird there for a couple of years and, and in some ways still are, but still are um, still, not, yeah. not as much as, as say last year. Um, but that's why it's so important. I think that, that Luke Getzey is down there and running the senior bowl this week. I mean, when you're talking about the senior bowl, you're, you're talking about guys in that, in that day two, day three range. Uh, you know, you don't get a lot of first round picks who are, who are down there. A lot of those guys, uh, you know, don't, don't participate in things like that. And, uh, so, you know, you got four bears coaches down there who are getting firsthand experience with a lot of these players. That is, that is invaluable. And, and, um, you know, we'll see what they do with that. I think the last time the bears, uh, were coaching at the senior bowl, they might've taken one player, I think back in 2017, uh, who they worked with there, but it wouldn't surprise me if, if, uh, uh that's different this time around and, and w with Luke Getze and, and a couple other assistant coaches, uh, working with those guys. We got about 15 minutes left until we got to get out of here. And I want to spend the last bit of this uh, for everyone in the chat. Um, if you could kind of focus your comments or questions on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and then next week, I want to spend a little bit more time on the defensive side of the ball as we get to the end here. Because we've been going through our offseason, our, our 2022 season in review pieces. You can find those right now at shawlocal.com. All of the offensive positions are now up. Sean finished up with the interior offensive line uh, yesterday. And Sean, you mentioned the senior bowl and that piece that I had said earlier that we have up right now with names to watch in the senior bowl, one name in there that stood out uh, because he's a, you know, someone that really local and in, in terms of a guy that I've seen a lot is, is chase Brown, the Illinois running back. And I bring it up not because I want to discuss chase Brown specifically, but more when we look at the offense, I want to get your thoughts and I want to get the thoughts of the chat. What do you think the bears should do with David Montgomery set to hit free agency? 
Well, Kyle, I, I think number one, you wanna you wanna talk about Chase Brown because you want to talk about my Illini and what a great <laughs> season they had uh, running behind Chase Brown. Um, yeah, hey, I mean, looking good. I, yeah, uh, better better than they've been. So so that's good. Um, uh, I like where they're headed, but I think you know. I do think that that Ryan Poles is being honest when he says that he really likes the the style of running that David Montgomery uh, runs with. And and I think that they will make an attempt to bring him back. I think the bigger question is what exactly does David Montgomery want? Does he want to to stay here? Um, Does he want to try to find a contender who will, will take him in uh, a place where he can, can potentially be playing in the playoffs next year? Um, Because, uh, I don't know what he wants. It's hard to get a read into him. He's a very hot and cold guy. You know, sometimes you talk to him and he's in a great mood and other times he's giving you one word answers and you don't really know what to think. Um, but I, I do think that the bears, you know, I don't think it's gonna, it's gonna be like, a, you know, last year we talked, we made comparisons to the Joe Mixon deal. I think, I think it's probably less than that, uh, given what he did this season and, and you know the, the the raw numbers. Just looking at his his statistics, um, I don't know that he's going to be in that same that same area. But he's still probably looking at you know ten, eleven, twelve million dollars a year at this point. Yeah, he's not getting Joe Mixon money. <clears throat> excuse me, considering the the season he he's coming off of here, which is. You know, a lot of that was out of his control. Yeah. Um, CJ it's said probably more like a three-year deal or something like that. Yeah. CJ uh, says if David Montgomery can be reasonable, then I'd sign him. If mm-hmm. unreasonable, move on to a more dynamic back. Uh, Mike Johnson says there is a lot of running back talent mm-hmm. in this draft. Hope we get one. And this is where it gets complicated because I'm always of the. I'm always of the opinion that unless a running back is like super high level, we're talking like generational talent, mm-hmm. don't pay him. David Montgomery is certainly not in that realm. The thing is that you mentioned, like because of the season he's coming off of, I wonder if you're going to get him cheaper than you should. Yeah, and because there's a there's a fair number of, of really talented free agent running backs too. Yeah, and both of those things play into this equation. I mean, uh, obviously, how, yeah. how many teams are gonna gonna want to spend big at the running back spot? And and if you're looking at it, David Montgomery's uh, he's certainly behind Saquon Barkley and, and Josh Jacobs, and then you kind of uh, Tony can, Pollard. Yeah, he's he's arguably behind Tony Pollard, and then you kind of put him in that that next bunch there. You're looking at uh, Montgomery, you're looking at Miles Sanders, Kareem Hunt, Damian Harris. Uh, you know how many how many teams are really going to spend that big money on on a running back, and and that might play into the Bears' hands. Yeah, I mean, th- uh, this is a. I think those are really good points because this is a much deeper running back class or uh, free agent class when it comes to running backs than we're used to, um, and teams just aren't like uh, more often than not teams are adopting the philosophy that I kind of, you know, subscribe to when it comes to paying running backs, unless you're the Dallas Cowboys. And then you just throw an incredible amount of money at Zeke um, and butcher your team in the process. But that's what the Dallas Cowboys do. And now they can't really afford to pay Tony Pollard in the process, which, um, man, (laughs) if the, if they, if there was one running back, the bears were going to like, 
Oh, you love Tony Pollard. I mean, that's that's <laughs> the issue here. Like, I hate paying running backs, but I am absolutely infatuated with Tony Pollard. Um, love that kid, and just seeing like the dynamic ability he's possessing in in Dallas. Um, God, I love him, and I I I don't know where he's going to end up. Who's going to pay him? Um, that's the one where I feel pretty confident someone's going to be happy. And part of that because because he's been behind Zeke that the the tread on the tires is going to be much much more intact than you normally would see for a running back that hit free agency after that you know those first four years that's a great point um you know he hasn't been the number one guy uh and hasn't had all those all those carries under his belt now the injury sucks and that might complicate things a little bit but i i think that that's not really going to deter teams from spending money on him uh let's see uh Brian checking in saying, so what, uh, what is reasonable? Like three years, six, seven million per year. That's low, Brian. I was just looking it up. Uh, Aaron Jones signed a four year deal. Uh, I'm not sure what the guaranteed money was, but it was a total of four years, $48 million for Aaron Jones when he resigned with Green Bay. I don't know if David Montgomery even gets that money, Sean, but I could see a deal in the f- four-year, $40 million, four-year, $44 million range. Maybe you go all the way up to that Aaron Jones money. Um, I think that would be a reasonable price. Hey, I, and- think, I think you're more looking – yeah, you're looking at more like, like uh, $10 million per year guarantee. You know, If it's a three-year contract, it's probably like $30 million up to 40 something like that. Yeah, uh, Alan, uh, Alan Dunlap, uh, use your cap space on offensive line. Didn't Fields get sacked 50-plus times this year? Sure cut that, did. Cut that down to 30-plus sacks and keep Field upright for 17 games. Yeah, so I don't think it's an either-or or, either or situation, Alan, there. When it comes to, like, David Montgomery, uh, when we're talking about, yeah, a potential, like, $40 million contract for David Montgomery, considering how much money the Bears have, I don't think that's going to preclude them from being able to go out and sign a, a top tier offensive lineman. I mean, they, they have plenty of money. Uh, it's more if like David Montgomery gets unreasonable, I guess. You know, like if we're starting to talk like four years, 60 million, that's where you start getting into those questions more. And look, we, we haven't really talked to Ryan Poles about, you know, his views on the franchise tag. But if there's one player on this roster that he's going to use it on, it's David Montgomery. That is the absolute obvious choice uh, because none of these other impending free agents are really worth what, what you would be paying them. And, and that's, that's something that's in his back pocket. You know, if David Montgomery is asking for a boatload of money, he can, he can just use that franchise tag on. Yeah, I mean, he could. And the, the thing there is the bears have so much money. We're looking at a one-year deal. That's not going to preclude them from, going out and signing anyone else is it the best use of resources no probably not no but i i get what you're saying i i i don't think that's going to be the case but i get what you're saying that i don't think so either i think you know the franchise tag often comes with a lot of you know uh baggage in terms of the relationship between the player and the the team being hurt or, or whatever um and i don't think that that's really where they're where they're heading um but but it is an option that he has and and you know, if he's going to do it for anyone, I don't think you could name a, a, another potential free agent who the Bears would would even think about using that on. So, you know, going back to Allen's 
comment about using the cap space on offensive line. I think this is a good place to end it here. We'll spend about mm-hmm. 10 minutes or so, and then we'll get out of here. Um, uh, actually, now, Steve, before we go over there, Steve uh, followed up with a question. Uh, he said, what does next year's free agent market for running backs look like? I believe – are you talking about the 2024 market, Steve? Let me know. Um, if that's the case, I'm not going to lie. I haven't, I haven't looked at all at 2024, Matt. Um, if you're yeah, talking I'll be about, honest. I haven't either. If, if you're talking about 2023, that's what we were talking about a little bit earlier, and it, it, it's loaded with Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, I think are the three main guys, but there's some other names out there as well. Um, going, though, to Alan, Alan's uh, talk about the offensive line. Sean, my question for you is, as of right now, how many positions on the offensive line do you feel like are set? I would say three. I would say, you know, they're feeling pretty good about both guard spots with Tevin Jenkins and Cody Whitehair. I know people have brought up Cody Whitehair as a potential cap casualty. I don't see that. I don't really see a reason to cut a guy who's been a reliable starter when you don't really need the the cap space. Um, and then, you know, I would, I would throw Braxton Jones into the mix, uh, whether that's, as your left tackle or your right tackle, whatever. I think Braxton Jones is going to be starting, and I do think they're going to bring in another tackle. Uh, you know, you can't go ahead with with the right tackles you have right now, um, but you could potentially move Braxton to the right side if you find somebody who's a a, a really good left tackle, or you know, they could go out and sign an experienced right tackle and, and keep Braxton at that left spot. How do you feel? I don't think. I don't uh, know. <laughs> after what... after saying that, you know, I, I they got to improve the right tackle, uh, and I don't know that they're necessarily done at center. Um, Lucas Patrick didn't show a whole lot. Uh, they could just roll it back with him and, and hope that he can stay healthy. Uh, you know, it's not really his fault that he was hurt all year, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if if they brought somebody in at that center spot. I yeah, I I think they're gonna. They definitely have to upgrade upgrade the center spot. Lucas Patrick, I don't know if he's going to get cut. Um, he, that was a two year deal. They could move on pretty easily. They could from that. cut him easily. Yeah, you could uh, also draft somebody and and keep you know have him have him battle it out. Yeah, I I expect that Lucas Patrick is probably going to be here. I do think that he'll be more of a depth piece next year if he is here. Like they. Like you just can't keep cutting guys and bringing new bodies. You know what I mean? Like some at yeah. some point you do need some depth and you need guys that know the system, particularly if you're ready to start opening up this window somewhat next year. Um, yeah, but I, I I think the reason I brought it up, Cody Whitehair, I have seen the same thing as you have about potential cap casualty. And I agree with you. Like, there's just no reason to do that. Like, they don't need the money. Why, um, why do you need more cap space? Yeah, yeah. So, like, forty million dollars more than anybody else. My my question is more: How much do they trust Tevin Jenkins? And it's not mm-hmm. about him staying, or it's not about him on the field, because I think we saw, and the numbers bear uh, bear it out. Like, he really excelled at that right guard spot once yeah. he once he got there. But once again do you have questions about whether he can stay on the field for an entire season or not? Um, and I mean, you, at this point, it, we do have a large enough sample size now that that has to be a consideration going into this off season. Yeah. There were injury issues again, late in the year. 
Um, and actually, you know, kind of throughout the year, he had a hip thing going on earlier in the season. But, um, you know, and, and really all their guys at those interiors, interior spots uh, were banged up. Cody Whitehair missed, missed about a month with a knee injury. And, and you know, we mentioned Lucas Patrick was was off. The, you know, he, he, he sat out a lot more than he actually played. Um, I, I think that's a concern. That's certainly a concern. I think that's why you, you got to build depth uh, on that offensive line because guys are going to get hurt. You know, they were, they were lucky that Braxton Jones didn't get hurt at any point this season. We talk about how he played every snap. Uh, sometimes that's just the luck of the draw, you know? Um, I think that, I do think that they're going to move ahead with Tevin at, at that right guard spot. Uh, even with those injury concerns, um, you know, I think, if, if you go through another season and he struggles to stay on the field uh, at that point, you know, you're three years into his rookie deal. I think maybe you, you can start to, to look at your, your options and, and potentially look to move on from that. But I, th- I do think they're going to give him another year and, and a whole off season at that guard spot. Remember he didn't play that guard spot until like mid August, uh, a whole off season there is going to really help him. Yeah, I mean, I I fully expect that he's going to be the starting right guard uh, week one of next year. It's more about just how do you protect yourself, mm-hmm. and that's where this this is a good spot to wrap it up, Sean. Um, and we got plenty of time. It's, we here we talked about offense for the majority of this show, and it was kind of nice because we didn't really mention Justin Fields, and we got plenty of time to talk about quarterback moving forward into the off season here. Um, it's Tareen Whitfield checking in here with hit the like button. Really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, uh, leave a comment. Really appreciate it. Anytime anyone does that, it helps people find the show. It helps, uh, you know, the, the old YouTube algorithm pop, uh, help pop us up there a little bit, help people find us. Um, so appreciate Toreen, you checking in, man. Um, when we talk about the, the bears though, Sean, overall in this offseason, it's, it's so funny and so kind of strange because, it's it's really obvious i feel like what what the bears need to do but it's it's and they've set themselves up i guess ryan poles has set himself up but like it's really a fine line to walk right now because they need probably two to three impact players that can really alter the 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 way a game flow you know what i mean so they need to do that while at the same time greatly improving their depth because you looked at going into the season, how many undrafted free agents were on this roster, on that 53-man uh-huh. roster. It was an incredible amount. They have to improve their depth overall. And so it's how do you do both of those things in one offseason? That's a really tough thing to do. It can be done. It certainly can be done. But it can also go sideways really easily. Yeah, it, it is really hard to do. And maybe, you know, that's that's an argument for kind of what we were talking about earlier where, you know, if they do trade down in this draft and, and you know, wind up with a boatload of picks, um, you know, probably half of those guys are going to gonna pan out and, and be potential uh, uh, players for you, whether that's a starter, whether that's a quality backup. Um, you know, that's one way to do that. But, yeah, it's this is – I think this is why Ryan Poles looks at this as a multi-year thing. You know, he's not trying to solve all these problems in one offseason – uh, because I think he realizes that you can't. And, you know, to build the type of depth that gets you, uh, you know, the Eagles defensive line uh, that's playing in the Super Bowl here in a week, uh, that takes a couple of years. Uh, you can't do that all in one offseason. Uh, they can certainly improve and, and get a lot better than they were last season. 
Um, and, and I think that's, that's, you know, that should be the goal. Um, but, but yeah, when you're looking, it, it's gonna, it's gotta be a long-term term, term uh, uh, lens when you're looking at, at trying to build this team into a winner. Howie Roseman, man, you bring up the Eagles there. Uh, <laughs> two Super Bowl teams in what, five years now, yeah. different quarterbacks rebuilding at both times. You know, that is a franchise. The Eagles have become a franchise here over the last decade or so where it's a, a model that the Bears can look at. You know, the Eagles are consistently finding ways, and that's what the NFL is. Like you're like it's most teams are at the Patriots. They're not gonna be in the gonna be in the playoffs for however many straight years, right? Mm-hmm. Things are gonna go in cycles. The thing is when you hit those down cycles and being able to keep those those down periods short. And the Eagles are doing that now. Um, and it, that's where you want to see this Bears, this Bears franchise get to Sean. Yeah, and it's interesting. You know, a lot of people point to to what they did with, with A.J. Brown. And uh, it's just funny because that was the big criticism for, for Howie Roseman, you know, two, three years ago was – uh, how all these receivers were were not good enough. You know, they were dealing with the the Jalen Riegers and and other guys that they drafted and and missed on. And you know, I think they they uh, missed on Justin Jefferson by one spot uh, and took uh, somebody else ahead of him. And um, it's just you know you you got to give your GM time. And and certainly uh, you know the the Bears are going to do that with Ryan Poles. But yeah, this is this is. There's no one off-season fix, especially when you're coming off a three-win season. Uh, you know they're going to have to take chances on guys, and some of them aren't going to pan out. And, and you know that that might make you start looking towards your next options. Which, if you're the Eagles, lands you with a guy like AJ Brown a couple of years later. So I think I think Eagles fans are pretty happy with how that all worked out. We're gonna have a a good Super Bowl, Sean. We'll talk about that next week uh, as we get ready. Um, at that point, we'll only be a couple days away from the Super Bowl. It's going to be a good one, um, but we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. we got a lot to talk about here over the course of the offseason. We want to thank everyone who joined us live this morning. We'll let you know probably next Friday morning. We'll stick with Friday mornings here uh, for the next few weeks at least, Sean. Um, anything else that we didn't hit on before we get out of here, man? No, no. Um, this is. Um, I'm glad to be back with you, Kyle, and and thank you to to all you guys who are listening and, and commenting. We really do appreciate it. Yeah, make sure you stick to ShawLocal.com. We'll have content for you there throughout the offseason. A lot coming on. We got all of our defensive previews. Or I'm sorry, not previews. Our 2022 defensive uh, reviews before we start kind of getting into uh, some draft talks. Some combine here is now where you're at the end of the month. We will be at the NFL combine. So a lot to get to over the next month or so. Thank you once again for joining us this morning. For Sean Hammond, I am Kyle Neighbors. Everyone enjoy the weekend. It's going to be weird without any football this weekend. We'll get through it together um, and then get into the Super Bowl next week. For now, we're signing off. Talk to you guys next week.